0: Welcome to the Painter Files Podcast. I'm your host, Jaws Blake, as you well know, and this is episode 111. So, the last time I did this, I got an interesting letter from a friend uh, who pointed out that it is crazy hot and I should not be turning off my air conditioning even to record this stuff because. It's just not safe to be in really warm hot conditions so yeah you just kind have to live with air conditioner sound in the background It's very faint but it does it is alive
1: and so yeah
0: love you mean it can't be can't be helped so yeah it's just been a regular regular week honestly just trying to get as much things done as possible within the short period of time that works on that just had a good old nap with my youngest uh youngest boy tom my cat and (laughs) munchie naturally is asleep somewhere in the house on a super comfy chair as she is liking to do by herself because she is not interested in any way in being, uh, cuddled or anything of that nature, which,
1: you know, I gotta, I respect it. I gotta be honest.
0: She, she is exactly who she is. And she's, she's funny that way, honestly. Um, trying to think things that are going on still working on that book, trying to get that done possibly by the end of September. So like the very end of summer. Um, and yeah, it feels like, it feels like I'm actually going to hit that mark. I've made a bunch of paintings. I really want to show them, but I'm want to wait because I feel like they're just going to be so special and so wonderful.
1: Like, uh,
0: but not to be said, no, if you follow my Patreon, you've probably seen at least a few of them. Because I'm trying to share with you guys how the process is going and how everything comes together. And just kind of insights and whatnot. My spider plant is flourishing, as always. My money plant is gorgeous and green and lush and beautiful. And I'm just trying to get everything gorgeous around me. I redid the studio a little bit. I moved a shelf to a farther wall so that I had more space for my giant canvases to put up, actually. And so that's actually working out really well. It's kind of beautiful uh, to have that space again. I would had like a big space but I just didn't feel like my elbows had enough room to put it in the middle of the room. On the wall, so I have fixed that now. Mm. Working on a new iced coffee uh, mocha iced coffee recipe to take with me on occasion, and I feel like I've really kind of nailed it. I'm taking like my espresso maker, making a shot, and then taking hot chocolate and and uh, oat milk. And from that, um, mixing it all together, adding some, putting that, and then putting it in the freezer for about 10 minutes, then putting ice cubes in it, and then leaving that in the freezer for at least another 10 minutes. So it's all now 10, 20. And then, yeah, recycling whatever cup, mug I have that's reusable, and then taking that with me when I go places. And that seems to be kind of, oh, and honey. And that seems to really kind of get it going a little perfectly, honestly. And then it's counterbalances, you know, all the other stuff. So, kind of cool. Really, really good, actually. Type of week, you know. So, here's the thing. I am trying to get my best buddy, Tina, to put out that first episode of I Dream of Dead Mice. And I think it's probably going to come out very soon. So the inaugural episode of the new podcast with me and Tina is coming out extremely soon. I made stickers, I've made all types of stuff, and I'm, like, really pumped to just see this come out because it's just... It's really great. For those who don't remember, the new podcast uh, is not just going to be based on me. It's going to be based on, you know, like, Tina and, like, our dreams and stuff like that. And I don't mean, like, our motivations. I mean, like, actually our dreams. We're going to record our dreams verbally when we wake up. And then we're going to look at kind of, like, dream manifestos and stuff like that and books and et cetera. Look at those and then see, you know, what they say it means and then what we think it means about our own dreams. And we'll have like a listener letter type of thing and all that stuff. But it's going to be really fun, actually. Because I've got like a new person to play off of. So I'm really, really, really excited about it, actually. I think it's going to be pretty, pretty cool, pretty fun, actually. Um, in the meantime, in between time, I've been working still on my, my art meditational stuff and I really 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 love what has been happening with that. I've I've probably done 30 pages worth of kind of meditational pieces where I'm really loving like this uh there's like a a roller that really kind of grabs and goes with it where I've got like yellows and blacks and reds and blues because it's me you know I always I always stick with my main colors and then I kind of go and explore beyond that and I'm really 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 enjoying just kind of the the inevitable aspects of just making and trying to really catch my stride with like just the just all of it you know like there's something to be said about you make work and then you want to see it kind of actualized and become these things and the funny thing about the digital ones are i'm making them and then it's inspiring me to make the physical versions not necessarily i'm not reproducing them but i'm i'm letting myself be more kind of free and wild and crazy with like colors and expression and everything and it just feels it feels really natural honestly which is what I probably prefer about it more than anything it's just this weird little microcosm of strange little designs and factors from lines to dots to rollers to just everything and I love it honestly. I just do. It's got this this quality to it where you make work and it goes from there. And I'm using this thing called the Paper app. Uh, Paper is a app on the Apple Store where you can make journals. this isn't sponsored. Um, journals of all types. So I use mine as, I use mine mostly as sketchbooks and stuff like that where i can kind of just go and do a bunch of gesture drawings and etc but there's so many other opportunities and possibilities on what to do with this because you you can literally make anything you can make you can make like diaries you can make all of it all of it's possible and i've probably got about i think I've got like three or four journals, and some of them even have like making a comic or, you know, school notebook. And you can change like kind of like the different types of paper and stuff. So it's kind of nice because I'm, I'm basically working on these projects. I'm carrying around a sketchbook with me without having to physically carry around a sketchbook with me, which for me was originally kind of weird because I really love paper, as you all know. And I kind of had to get out of that, that vibe of like, this isn't real because it's not actual paper, which is silly because like, it's all very real, regardless of whatever medium it comes out on. It's, It's all extremely real and really kind of amazing and awesome. So I've been doing this and yeah, it just feels nice. I've got like an Apple Pencil. And I'm just trying to get everything to work the way it does. Uh, Most of the time, I have to kind of turn all the stuff on, which I keep forgetting to do. But it's, I don't know, it just feels natural. It feels normal. It feels beautiful. It feels stunning. And it feels fun, which honestly, like, if if nothing else, it's got to feel fun. If you're going to make stuff and just keep making all these other kind of random weirdnesses, you have to have fun doing it. So that has been mostly what I've been doing in a nutshell in the last couple of weeks to months. It feels good. It really does. I like it. Yeah. So this, uh, this week's Painter Files story is actually not one of mine. It's a story that I've been hearing recently in a lot of uh, publications throughout. And it is enslaved people's art that was stolen and then profited off of by uh, slave masters and their families. I think the weirdest thing that I found out a couple of years ago was that there is a unbelievable amount of money that families who own uh, priceless art make from simply renting them to museums. And then to find out that a lot of these artworks they have, uh, not necessarily paintings always, but um, like a lot of like... Uh, weavings and tapestries and stuff like that and quilts and such were made by enslaved people brought over from Africa and then taken away from them and then sold and or added as part of a collection of works in museums one of the recent ones I read about was in the, uh was a uh, the Penn Museum uh, and that's for the University of Pennsylvania They recently apologized for the unethical possession of human remains in their Morton College. And it was just like this crazy, uh, I'm trying to read the quote. It is time for these individuals to be returned to their ancestral communities wherever possible as a step toward an atonement and repair for the racist and colonial practices that were integral to the formation of these collections and it's like all this like art and like the people the actual people's bodies and just all this stuff and it's just it's fucking crazy and it's just like this uh, people are basically saying you know they want to abolish like these collections of all this stuff because it's just this, like, it's literally, like, generations upon generations that have made unexplainable wealth off of stuff that simply was off the logic of finder's keepers. Being taken away from, like, people who weren't allowed to have things. And, like, that is just so just horrible you know like it's it's happened to native americans it's happened to asian americans uh, it's happened to obviously latin americans i'm sure it's happened to the irish and the italians and lots of other groups of people who came over who were marginalized when they came over that there were things that were taken but the things that still seem to actually really be still in this are a lot of brown, black, and Native peoples' uh, stuff is basically just kind of taken, taken from their ancestors, and then put in museums. And someone's making money off of the factor that they stole this cultural art, or even just this, you know, art that was made by people, and they've never, you know, they've never been compensated. They were never compensated. Their ancestors were never compensated. Like there's it's 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 quite insane actually, to really kind of contemplate when you when you hear the information and then your brain starts to race and you think about like how many how many groups of people have suffered so that one small family of very wealthy people could just stay as wealthy as humanly possible like it's just it's it's crazy it's so crazy it doesn't it, it makes no logical sense how how we've how how society has allowed all these things to happen so in a way i'm very happy about like this whole reckoning of like things kind of blowing back and people having to deal with the consequences of this because it's just like on on even just a social level cuz economically i don't think we're going to be able to do anything to these people economically they're never going to give that money back but the idea that they're not allowed to continue to do this. So generations from now, we're at least at some type of starting point for us some of us, like a starting block for some of us. It's just it's 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 utter madness, honestly. It's just utter madness. I'm 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 speechless. I mean, the craziest thing that I've heard recently is that, um, so the app TikTok, for those who don't know what TikTok is, I'll give you a moment to Google it. Yeah, so it's like a video sharing app where like kids do trends and all this stuff. And culturally, to go into my last thing I said, Culturally, a lot of the dances, the primarily the dances that people do that are viral on there are made by little black girls. Little black girls have been pretty uh, pissed off recently because they've not been getting credit for their choreography. And like before people kind of write, oh, I came up with this. They came up with this. It's just a thing. It's like, no, some of these people who, are, who get credit for the choreography that these little girls do get to go on TV. They get sponsorships. They get college, money, they get all types of stuff. And that's not right because they didn't come up with that shit. Like, it's it's the whole Elvis thing all over again. And I will fight anyone who has anything to say about fucking positive about Elvis. I'll happily fight you. Um, Because Elvis is famous for taking other people's music, primarily black people's music, during the Motown times and uh, repackaging it. As his whole blue suede Christmas thing or whatever he did. And that's always pissed me off. Because I'm just like, you didn't come up with it. You did covers of people's music that were currently making the music and had it on the radio. But they were playing it on black stations, So it could just be stolen whenever. And then he repackaged it to white audiences. And they loved it. And he became rich and had the whole Nashville blue suede shoes bullshit. And it's just... It's very frustrating to see someone like a little Richard who struggled partially through a lot of his career to be recognized and then have Elvis take take that. This isn't about Elvis. It could be about Elvis. One day it will be, but not right now. It's about these little girls. So these little girls have gone on strike. These women, sorry, um, have gone on strike and they have decided... They're not making any more TikTok dance videos. And to see the videos that these these basically like white girl dancer people have come up with are horrible. <laughs> and they're being ridiculed and mocked constantly because like they're so bad. Like it's just it's not their forte. They've always not to say that there are not phenomenal uh choreographers from all backgrounds but specifically these people these people are not those people and it's just it's very funny to kind of see like the comeuppance of we're not going to make this anymore these these young women these young black women are saying we're not going to make these anymore uh we're going on strike because the algorithm is only promoting these these white kids who are doing these dances that we came up with that we put on the platform and we don't get credit for it they gave, I Jimmy Kimmel had somebody on who was like this random girl who did all the little dances and he got chopped to pieces for it because there were like she didn't even come up with any of those like these were all little black girls and so then he later he had the little black girls come on to his show and show what they were really all the dance and stuff that they came up with. And it was one of those things where it was like, this is such a few and far between moment where like the original content creators are being actually celebrated for it. And that's just wild. But I am insanely amazed by the fact that these young women have decided enough is enough. We're not going to let them steal from us anymore. And they've just shut it all down. And, like, you can see, like, the shrinkage of, like, the views going on to it and all that stuff. And I don't know that it's something that will fix. It may kill. It very, very may kill TikTok. Kind of the way, like, Facebook killed MySpace. And that's fine. If that's what happens, then that's what happens. They do not deserve the notoriety and the watch times and the cultural importance if they're not going to celebrate the people who actually make these things and do these things. And I realize some of you don't understand how algorithms work. And to be fair, no one really does. But there is a very bad bias in the tech communities that they don't work well for other people of other cultures. They don't work well for people of other body shit types. They don't work well for people of other... A lot of people of other like races and genders and so on and so forth. Um, there's a lot of it. A lot of it doesn't make sense, and, but we do know that it oftentimes promotes people who don't look like me and don't look like those little girls. And I think it's really powerful that their their protest is doing so much. And I wish them the best, and I stand fully behind it. I'm not doing any TikTok dances because like I've never wanted to do that, but I but I respect the hell out of that. That's just that's just amazing. It really is amazing. Love it. So I have been uh watching a lot of YouTube videos recently. <laughs> um I'm not really a fourth of July person, I never have been, and particularly after all of kind of the Juneteenth stuff has been going on. I remember Juneteenth because I studied under a professor who was a college art professor of an HBCU, which is a historically black college. And so, it was always something that was pointed out to me at a very young age. So I knew about it. My father worked for Howard University, which is an HBCU also. But when my the person I studied with was in North Carolina, and so it was a diff- different guy, but. These were always kind of things that were really important to like celebrate achievements, American history achievements, and yes, they are also Black American history achievements, but they are American history, and so like I knew about Selma, I knew about, I knew about Selma, I knew about a lot of other ones that were very similar. I knew because there's a lot of places that were like Selma, where all that happened, uh, where they burned down towns of like successful black communities and stuff like that. Like it's not the first time it wasn't the first or the last time that America did that to black people. But, and I do grasp, to my point. Um, so I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos and one of the things I saw recently was this thing, this topic Called I do not dream of labor I do not dream of labor Was so impactful when I heard it Before I even watched anything Because I thought about it Via some other quotes that I had seen From books uh, Baldwin and so on and so forth And it was one of those things Where it's like your parents Did not raise you To They raised you to have To go to school To get good grades To have a good job So you could have a nice So you could have a house A car a family and have a good life, but they did not raise you to simply just work and work and work and work and work and work and not, a, not to have anything <laughs> like the whole point of the work was to have a house, have a car, have a family, live your life, do these things. It was never to just work, <laughs> you know, it's that that's never been the objective uh, to just work work till you die like I don't know any any person's parents who's like that was their plan for their kids once you go to school get a job and then work that job to the bone till your body gives out on you um, and so this has kind of been the thing where it's the, these people have been making these kind of mantras and stuff and there's been arguments in the community going back and forth but one of the most common arguments that I've been able to relate with is the idea of People saying, you know, you should quit your job and you should, like, follow your heart and go into what you want to do and all these things. and like, that doesn't really work for poor people. Like, on a very basic level, that does not work for poor people. Uh, A lot of people who are much worse than I am do not, I mean, I don't have it either, but they particularly do not have the ability to quit a job to do something else that is quote-unquote more fulfilling because they need they need work to pay bills to live to eat food to do all these things i remember working at the co-op a very long time ago and while i was working there my first couple months i didn't have any money and i was waiting for my first paychecks from that place and i was living by myself and i recall eating a lot of uh they had a thing called FTS which was for staff.
1: Right.
0: Food for staff. Right. Something like that. It was basically food for staff. That it was kind of uh it was either sometimes they shipped the wrong items and so they would it would be written off and it would be given to the staff, but most of the time it was discarded food that was past the shelf dates. And we would take it home and we would cook it and clean it and eat it and do whatever. And, like, we were always kind of living in, like, this state of basically food poisoning. But we were so poor, basically, that we just didn't have – we really have an option, you know? It's kind of one of those horrible truths about life where you suffer and in your mind you're like, well, I should quit this job and work somewhere that will pay me more money. But the truth is, like – there were no other... I mean, I was working two jobs. Um, I was working as a, as a doorman at a nightclub, and I was working at the grocery store. And then I remember even years later becoming an assistant manager and then finding out that the assistant manager for the other store, because there were two, was making... We we were both contra- we were both uh, contract employees, salaried employees, that's the word. And I found out after he left, he was making $30,000 more than I was. And we both went to college. I don't, actually, I don't even know if he went to college. But he was this kind of top-knot, bearded, white guy. And I guess they thought he was more... I don't really know what they thought. I just know he made ridiculously more money than I did. And he did not work any more hours than I did. And he did not have more responsibilities than I did. Because I was an apartment head and I was and I was an assistant manager. And I knew other people who, after I stopped doing that, who also worked that job, who made what I made, who were Latino, who were Afro-Latino, who were black, who were all these things, and uh, even, even, even an Asian woman. And they all basically made what I made. And to this day, I do not understand why he made so much more money than we did. Other than the factor that, you know, they decided to, the powers that be, who were the same people who decided my money, decided his money. And in that point, I dreamed of better. Like, I wanted better. I wanted to have a job that I was happy to go to, that I didn't feel was, like, kicking me while I was down that, didn't, that I didn't feel like I was working really, really hard and working super long hours, and I had nothing to show for it, because financially, I was kind of in this limbo. Like, at that point in time, I was making more money than my bills were, and so I was, like, up there, as far as it felt. It was the first time in my whole life I'd really made that much money uh, at a job. Like, I definitely, I've always been a painter, and, like, I've always done murals, and I've always done all these things, and they've always, those jobs have always kind of supplemented the income that I didn't make from the nine-to-five jobs, but it was, but it was just one of those things where it was, like, I was having to work super hard all the time, basically having almost, like, a half of a day off sometimes for a week between doing everything else, And I really didn't have anything to show for it. Like, I had barely any savings uh, because, you know, I was using the extra money I was making to pay down my debt. And so there was no, really, there really wasn't that much more money to go with it. Uh, I was eating a little better. I wasn't gray anymore, apparently. Um, I was gray, apparently, is what people told me later. And when I see photos, I was like, ooh, I did not look good. Um... Yeah, you know, it was just I had heart I had heart problems. It was just this whole crazy life, you know? And I met some of my best friends in the whole world there, and that's awesome. But we were all kind of just getting by, you know? And so it's interesting when I hear people say I don't dream of labor. And then they have like these very like white collar jobs, and they're because like the majority of the people are there. You they're know, like, hey, you should get like a side hustle, you know, start a YouTube channel or start a podcast or doing these other things, and you'll see, you'll make all this extra money and all this income and all these things, and it's like that's not the reality for a lot of us because social media doesn't work that way for everybody. Like, not all of us are famous, prominent people who make a lot of money doing it there's a weirdness in the idea of like once you achieve a certain bit of notoriety that there is an amount of money that then follows said notoriety and like that's not that's not true in most cases like most of the painters that i look towards in history as like my big people are oftentimes people who Like, they didn't do well as far as their lives went. They made a lot of paintings. And in their deaths, they became these really famous artists. But the majority of them were kind of penniless. And they suffered. And it was hard. And they dreamed of just having, of being successful in their passions. But they didn't always work out that way. And so they had to work regular, regular jobs like everybody else. With a dream. And I think that's really what it is. For me that's what it is. It's the idea of like. When I hear. I do not dream of labor. To me it is. I do not. I don't want to work my whole life. As hard as possible. Doing something I don't love doing. Only. To just. Pass away one day. And never get to have that. American dream. Whatever that means. It's wild, right? I also find it funny that a lot of people who come from the perspective that, you know, uh, of the I don't, I, I don't dream of labor. Some of the ones who are kind of detractors on the idea of people dreaming to not have to just work like a dog till they die um, as kind of a privilege thing. Like, I think the misconception that a lot of them have is that everyone who works with them, possibly in their white collar jobs, makes the same amount of money that they work, that they make at that job. Like when you look at the numbers and all the statistics, like women make less money, minorities make less money, uh, people who have disabilities make less money, uh, people who are sometimes foreign make less money because they come over as a doctor, but then they come to this country and then they have to start all over again because it's not acknowledged as an actual... Uh, occupation that they their occupation is not acknowledged as their occupation when they come to this country and so they have to work at like a grocery store and then work their way all the way back up to being a doctor again if they can do that which in some cases they are not like i know someone who they have a cleaning they they work for a cleaning service they don't have a cleaning service they work for a cleaning service for grocery stores And in their country they came from before, they had their own business where they cleaned up crime scenes. They were a forensic cleaner. And they had, you know, like an actual, like full, they didn't work for somebody else cleaning toilets. They were like, you know, like really, that's a really important job. Like you think of someone who dies, when you, when someone dies in your home, uh, Or say your grandparents die in their house. And you are not there, obviously. Oftentimes people call services to then clean up the house. As they remove the body, they like clean the house and do all these things. Like,
1: that's a really big deal.
0: So. It's just interesting, the idea of a concept of. You live in this country, and so you have this privilege of dreaming. But I think people who are starving to death in other countries have a dream. Like, everybody dreams of something. Even if you dream of work. Like, you dream of work because you, you want to be able to provide for your family, but you don't just... But that's the idea, to provide for your family, not to work... For working's sake. I don't know if it makes making any sense. I just thought it was interesting. I think you should try should check it out. Like, look online and uh, go to YouTube and type in, I do not dream of labor. And you'll see a lot of really great discussions. You'll see a couple biased discussions of, like, people who are very wealthy who are trying to convince other people that, you know, I don't like my job, so I should quit my job And do something that I really want to do And they're like, you just take like a small investment of $10,000 In your savings account And you live off that for a while until you get what you really want to go Which is like your Etsy store And it's like, yeah, that's that's not most people It's just not <laughs> I don't know It's interesting Think about it so yeah, that was like super heavy So we're going to do a meditation now I'm going to light this candle I want you to hear it Crackle and crisp <laughs> And we're going to meditate I got some CBD balm That I've put on some of my Achy spots in my body A little while back Like my hands and stuff And my feet, and my knees and my shoulders and my back and my neck <laughs> And my ribs and my chest And Uh, How did I get this way Other than just recklessness Mm. But I'm at peace right now I'm calm I'm in my I'm in my element I'm in my 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 stage of zen And happiness So I'm going to meditate How's that sound? Sounds good?
1: Alright So
0: we're gonna do the potted plant
1: method. So,
0: and I'm making this up as I'm going along. Um, <laughs> I want you to sit in a chair, and I want you to sit up straight. I want you to drape your arms over your knees. So your hands in it kind of dangle. Your knees are a little apart.
1: And your shoulders relax. And just breathe. Blow right into the mic. seed and soil
0: and you're watered
1: and you have light
0: you break the shell of your seed and a little root comes out slowly poking out of the soil you take your first breaths
1: and you grow up up, up, up sprouting, stretching,
0: moving forward towards the sun. As all this is going on, your roots are digging deep into the soil. Lots of
1: little fingers
0: reaching out into the soil, taking in nutrients and moistness
1: and just everything.
0: blooming and
1: blossoming, all that tension, stretching out of you, lift your arms up, stretch all the way up to the sky, lean your head back, your arms go back and out to your sides, palms up, stretch, uh, mind your breathing. As you exhale, bring your hands and palms back to your knees. Roll your neck clockwise, and then counterclockwise. Other side clockwise, and then counterclockwise. Roll your shoulders back. Feel that. Right, shoulders, shoulders fell oh, feels good. As your petals begin to kind of bloom
0: in the sky. As the sun touches them. Let go all that stress. Give it to the sun. And then it's just Absorb it all, and turn it back into energy. It's all just energy. How you hold on to it is
1: more how it affects you. Mm-hmm. Get on your toes. Roll your ankles one direction. In unison, roll them the other way. And unison, slow your feet flat on the ground again. Stretch your whole body, even your eyes closing them tight, and then open them.
0: Fingers open, toes open,
1: hips open, shoulders open,
0: and just shake it off. Not in the Taylor Swift way. Shake it off. Shake off all that kind of residue. All that stiffness. All of it. Hi, Tom. Tom's under the... T- he's reaching his arm under the door with Blue Mouse. Trying to get it. I don't think your, uh, your, your toy is going to let you in the room, buddy. I'm sorry. <sighs> we just got to breathe. Taking one day at a time. See the flaws And then move past them Even in life Even the ones we don't make I think the lie that someone told me A very long time ago Is no person is better than another person And the truth is There are people out there Who kind of (laughs) suck And that's okay But the key is not to let them Bring that negativity out of you And I say this because, as a hypocrite, I have oftentimes let those people (laughs) do that to me. But I'm learning to be better, and I'm trying to do that with my meditation paintings and with the podcasts and the YouTube channel, Uh, Joara Blake, my YouTube channel. Uh, Check it out. There's lots of art
1: videos and stuff. I've I've been there for years, so you should definitely try and see it.
0: Um, and yeah, just, just be in that moment. Realize that like you do things that are incredible and acknowledgement does not make them more or less credible. So until next time, galeras, I love you, you're amazing, and I'll talk to you later. This is the end of episode 111 and uh, I bid you adieu painter out. Joe. Oh, before I forget, um please support the uh the channel, the uh please support uh the YouTube channel and subscribe and like and share. Please uh leave a review on Apple Podcasts of this podcast, The Painter Files. That would be greatly appreciated uh share with people let everybody know you can find me on patreon with the um uh, sorry <laughs> under Joara blake uh and also um you can always leave a tip for the podcast if you'd like to uh with paypal which is uh also my name uh my my email uh at Joara, j a w a r a 318 at gmail.com if you have any uh things you'd like to say about the podcast positive always preferably um you can reach me at uh podcast at gmail.com so i shall talk to you later i bid you final will and until next time painter out i love you